and welcome back to Filter Optional. I'm Chico West. And I'm Shannon West. We're excited uh, today, even though, you know what, I use that word. I've been listening to our oh podcast. Excited. I've, so excited I, about I'm, everything. I know. I, I need to take, I need to get so more excited. words in my vocabulary. Yes, you do. And, and I'm so proud of you for recognizing that. <laughs> <laughs> Would it make you feel better if I told you you are not the first person to have that issue? Yeah. Yes. People love that that saying, that they're excited. So. Yes. For anyone that listened to or wants to go back and listen to our um, podcast on Pride and Proud. Yes. I'm so proud of and, you. And so I'm trying that. to, I'm trying after listening to a few of our episodes, uh, a couple of them over and over, I've, I've gone, man, I need to get that word out well, here's of my the thing. vocabulary. Here's the thing. You know, we all have good weeks and we have good bad weeks and we have good days and bad days, good hours and bad hours and good minutes and bad minutes. But um, today's a pretty good week. Um, I mean, we had a pretty good week. We had a lot to celebrate. Your cousin got married. Um, we had a, our 24th wedding anniversary. And today You're is... You're celebrating 30 years of sobriety. And it... yes, folks, he's only 50 years old. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. He it got sober before he was legal to <laughs> yes to to, <laughs> to partake in alcohol. So, um, that's congratulations, Chico. Yes. Well, thank you, that's Kevin. A, and that's probably the biggest of the accomplishments. Maybe me being married to you for twenty four years <laughs> might be a little topic, better. Might topic, be a little but, bit um, better. But we both plan for a lifetime of freedom in marriage and sobriety. It, we I did. So we we did. plan on it. We, that's what we signed up for. So and and the the commitment there. Today's episode. Um, it, and the, I'm wearing. I just have to say, I'm wearing my burnt orange because we have the UT season opener and we have Woodrow season opener. And I we will probably talk a lot about football during the fall because we're both football fanatics. I. I think I might be more than you. I follow all the. I I think you Twitter might pages be. She the, does follow more than me. And everything. But, but you said so you said UT, and I'm glad you oh, said so, UT. Yes. So I want to introduce my good friend. He's via Skype. Uh, he he's a graduate of not University of Texas, the UT. He's a graduate of the little UT <laughs> up in <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so miles. My, yes. my friends, my friends from Alabama used to get so confused because when I first went to, I went to the University of Alabama, and when I first showed up, they were like, "Oh my gosh, I have so many friends that go to UT," and I was like, "Me too." Oh my god, I have so many friends that go to UT. We were talking about two totally different schools when we found out. But they so we didn't got know each other. We got our we got our good friend Miles Adcox who graduated from the other UT. So Miles, how are you doing, buddy? You know what? I'm having a really good day so far. Better now. It's good to talk to you both. I know most of the time when you and I are catching up on the phone, it's usually business or, or every now and then we connect personally too. But uh, it's fun to get to speak to you both in this environment. Oh, yes. And yeah, and it is. It is. I'm, a, you know, I, I'm trying to I'm think excited. of a different <laughs> word than excited. Uh, but, but the deal is, real quick, you're from Tennessee. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know a lot about you, but a lot of our listeners might not know. They've heard me talk about you and your program, but, Miles, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. I grew up in, in Tennessee in a small uh, town south of Nashville, about 90 miles, and uh, been in Tennessee most of my life. I had a couple of stints where I moved moved away for you know post college to do some graduate assistant and intern work, but everything's kind of guided me back home to Tennessee. And as you mentioned, I did graduate from uh, the real UT, <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> no, uh, we've you always have had the a wrong fun, orange. fun see, dialogue. See my burnt yeah. orange? Yes. The wrong orange. Particularly this time of year. But anyway, just, yeah. you know, through, honestly, I, I had a um, an early career actually in, in sports and in collegiate sports and thought that was what I wanted to do. I've always loved uh, athletics myself, particularly football. And, and then life kind of intervened and, and I kind of got put on a new path, which is uh, dialed directly into my divine purpose. And I don't think it's anything other than God that's put me on this path. But I, I dealt with some personal adversity, um, or, you know, early in my 20s and, uh, and, and ended up getting the right support around me at the right time. Fell in love with the change process, knew I wanted to work in this business, and so kind of got re reeducated and, and trained and then started on a path that has led me to where I am today. I, I first uh, spent some time in the residential treatment industry space on the addiction and eating disorder side and then found my love of, of trauma and emotional recovery, and which, which guided me to, to OnSite, which I've been a part of uh, running since 2007. Yes, and and on-site we've talked about it last week this week's our our episode we had mary on and we we're just talking about psychodrama and how she you know is out there at on-site and how she comes to casa and does you know that two-day workshop and so people out there if you're listening and you saw this week's episode uh this past week's episode with mary bellafato is you you saw how she got in and walked people through that pain box and what miles is doing and what he has he he just really expanded on with onsite is is that ability to get people to go to that vulnerability get people to really connect with with maybe those wounds those traumas uh and get some healing and he and i have been good friends you know for a long time now and i i love how he's created that space for yes. people to really do the work. Well, yes, and obviously, to, I mean, to plug on, I, I mean, I wouldn't even have to plug on site if you just talked to all the people that have gone for many different reasons, because as we've talked about on this podcast, we all have big T's and little T trauma. You know, everybody has trauma. Um, it may not look the same um, as the next person sitting next to you, but... Onsite has just been such a gift to family members, friends, couples, you. Yes. I know Chico's been trying to get me out there, and we talk about that all the time. And I, I'm going to find a few days where I can escape. And um, She might have to go if Texas does poorly this year. You know, I might. <laughs> I, I might need some trauma work, yes. But yeah. um, all kidding aside, it's a very serious um, mission and journey that Miles has been put on. And... I feel the same way about you. As we celebrate your 30 years of sobriety, I agree with what Miles said about, you know, only God can put you on this path to, you know, it's your work, but it's also your ministry, um, both of you. Yes. And um, and that's where we have that kindred spirit, Miles, is we, we, we both see it as, okay, yes, it is it is a job and it is, you know, our work, but it but it is a ministry. It's so much more. But what goes with that is how do you all, how are you all going to balance in your life? I mean, I know after being married to you for 24 years and being involved in the um, business, how do you all take care of yourself? Because like we heard way back, um, we were in California at a conference and somebody was talking, saying you all are sin eaters, but it's other people's sin and you have to figure out a way to you know, get that 
out of your system or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. as as leaders, you know, I'm I'm leading yes. Casa and and some other things. And Miles, you're as that leader with on site, and then the other uh, the other spaces that you're involved in with with different people and and opportunities. I I like what Shannon's saying is how 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 do you and I both how do we take care of ourselves when people are always reaching out to us calling us you know like you said a lot of times we're calling talking about business instead of maybe just mm -hmm. you know our football teams and, and this can and apply connecting. to any business yes. by the way you know but yeah 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 it's such a a great topic i'm glad you guys bring it up and it's never been more vital or important uh, to me than it is today because i probably i left out just in essence of trying mm -hmm. to to give you a quick intro to onsite what i would say is the most important thing about who I am, which is I'm a, a father and, and a husband and a son and a brother and I'm a friend and I'm lucky to be all of those things. And, and I've learned that the, the more I pour into how I treat those relationships in my life, the better I am professionally and get better outcomes in my leadership. But it's not easy to balance. It's really tough to do. I, particularly for me, I, I got a little bit of a late start on, on starting a family, you know, roughly a little 15 years into my career before I, I and, and frankly, it was because the very thing that we teach at Onsite, which is what we're talking about, which is balance and self-care, I struggled with it. Mm -hmm. And I think part of, part of me early on as a professional in the field, unconsciously, I was chasing uh, balance and sustainability because I loved, I, you know, Chico, you just said, you and I, connect so well on how passionate we are about our profession and but sometimes the passion led me to a place of just switching over to working too much and my identity got so wrapped up that I lost who I was and it ended up for me making me sideline some of my personal pursuits but now thanks to a lot of personal work and a lot of leadership work that I've done I'm in a pretty sweet season with learning how to strike that balance and put priorities where they're supposed to. And it's made me 10 times better at my job and at home. So I'm really proud of some of the stuff I put in place. And there's a lot of techniques. I know you ask, what are some of the things, yeah. Shannon? Yes. Yeah. And for me, for me, you know, I, I realized that we work in the crisis space, like it or not. I mean, on-site's a little different because there's a lot of people that come to our short-term workshops that aren't in crisis at all. But at the end of the day, uh, people call us and everybody crisis means something different to them. Mm -hmm. But what I've had to learn is that other people's crisis is, are not my crisis. I can have an, I used to think in order for me to have an empathetic disposition and be a, be an appropriate leader or guide to triage them into the right care. I needed to be able to fully get on their level and say, treat their crisis like mine. And I, therefore I was always available for the phone any time of day, because I had a little bit, what I didn't realize is I had some scarcity on board when it came to, if I don't take this call and help you, then somebody else will. And therefore my value and importance as a professional will go down. And boy, did I have that wrong. The more I've learned now, my focus goes on, I can still be empathetic to your crisis and have boundaries around my time. I don't do it perfectly, but I focus on doing it well. And if my, all my attention, about a hundred percent of my attention now goes into if my product or service is done well enough, then people will wait to be, be treated by people who are doing really good work, that I don't have to be the first call. I don't have to take your call at midnight because you typically know I'm <laughs> focusing so much on creating a service mm -hmm. that is going to be able to give you the best opportunity at long-term recovery. And therefore, I don't have to worry if you move on to something else or use us 
because my family comes first. Does that make sense? Oh, Pre- completely. Preach. <laughs> yes, completely. And, and, Chico, do and, you feel that way too? Oh, yes. yes. I think today I do, but early on, and you know, Miles a little different than you. I started, I got married young. I got started having kids, you know, at, you know, my first kid at 30, you know, and those, those things is, as that as that early kind of entrepreneur you know business guy in the field of crisis with with addiction is i i did not have that balance i was taking no. the phone calls you know late at night well, you only put your cell phone on you wouldn't even put your office phone on anything because you didn't i know you and but i know I, you're ADD. Those, you didn't want to have to check the messages and figure it out. You wanted people to get straight to you. But yeah. so you only offered up your cell phone. Um, well, and the deal was it, some of it was my pride and my ego that I, I was the guy. So it, it, in a way it fed me in a negative way. You know, it fed me to go, okay, if these people are in crisis, then I can, I like what you were saying, miles is I joined into their chaos and it wasn't healthy. I ended up, or, Early on when I started Gaston House, I got the shingles. I was taking everything on as a 36-year-old man. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know what and that balance was. And everybody was like, was. he's way too young for the shingles. Like, what? what is going on? And I'm like, well, he's working. I, you know, stress. It, it was stress. But that, the other thing is uh, what was happening is, Shannon, you started to get a voice and you started to speak to me and going, okay, we have young kids. You cannot come home on the phone with a family with our kids. Well, yes, and it, but it took me a long time to find my voice because, and I think this is good advice for anyone, um, you know, in a marriage trying to balance um, how you, like, I, you, people that called you were always in crisis. I mean, their crisis, but. Whatever their crisis was, their son was dying in a hospital because of an overdose or their... They were arrested. They were arrested. They were in jail or, you know, police were coming or whatever. It always trumped whatever I had going on. If I needed, you know, someone to just take the children for a half a second and bathe them and put them to bed, I had to defer. I had to learn to just say okay yeah chico go take care of the world you know because what am i supposed to say and then i'm a great codependent so you know i'm like oh yeah i know you go do whatever i got it i got it i'll do everything but um <clears throat> when i did finally do my own work which is what we always talk about on this podcast too everybody's got work to do you know to balance to create balance like it's not just solely up to you to create balance in your life but you have to have the discussion. Like I had to say, finally, do not walk in this door if you are on the phone because you, well, you left out this part. You would come in on the phone and be like pointing your finger at me. Like (laughs) be quiet, like shh. And she has two little kids right there. You know, know, and I'm like screaming, you know, no, no. And so I Uh, finally said, if you are on the phone, do not come in this house. You can sit in your air conditioned car. And so then, you know, Travis would be like, Daddy's sitting in the car. Why is Daddy still in the car? Yes. Like, because he's on the phone, so he's staying in the car. Yeah. But, but it was, it was good. It was it, when we're talking about that balance, it's like, so those are some of the things that I did 
but I, I know what you were saying, Miles, is, okay, where, where was I getting my identity? My identity, first and foremost, needs to be in my relationship with God, and I, I hope it's there, but also with Shannon and my boys, and then Casa Kalina and the other things, me being a therapist and, and stuff. Okay, I don't, I don't want that identity to be there anymore, although I battle it. You know, can you identify with that? Very much so. And I, I do think for a lot of us, not just in our profession, I do think it can be a little more prone in the helping professions of any kind. But I think we have to take that, that longest journey that we take as humankind, which is from our head to our heart. And we have to learn to become a human being versus a human doing and shift that identity, which is a really hard thing to do. And for me, I, the, one of the ways I've had to look at it is I didn't even realize I was creating, because as you know, codependency is the primary thing that I'm in recovery from as well. And I was recreating some of my pathology within the culture. It was well intended, but I was creating this family environment to where people were so loyal to one another and we would do anything for one another and anything for our guests. And now I've had to shift it to I realize that when you know, when I see somebody dealing with workaholism or when I'm dealing with workaholism, I used to ask the question, what's going on at work that makes you want to be here so much? And now I don't ask that question. I say, not what's missing for work. If somebody's working too much, I say, what's missing at home? I think we're looking at the wrong saying. We need to look at what's happening at home that makes you want to escape into, because Shannon, what you said, you were kind and, and generous and some examples you gave that would keep Chico and I on the phone, like overdoses and things like that. Those are some of them, but that's not all of them. Some no, of them are just right. a kid. A kid needs help in getting into AA or recovery or something, and those can wait. But it ended up all blending into one because we're so overwhelmed with the funnel of traffic that we don't know how to separate from what's crisis versus what's immediate. But I've really had to look at, okay, unless I can figure out what makes me not want to numb or escape into this professional identity at home, I'm always in stress, going to respond that way. And that's what shifted the paradigm for me, both as a leader, as a, as a creating a culture, is I had to move my culture from a family to a team. Uh, not that I don't have family elements in my environment and my culture, but when you have a family environment at work, it creates a subconscious effort where people get their needs met at work. And that's a setup from the word go, because if you're looking for your social, your relational and your spiritual needs to get met at work and not home, then where do you think you're going to spend more time? And what we need to do is balance that out so that you're spending more time getting needs met at home and work is just something that we get to benefit from that we love, but it's not all of our identity. Chico's taking notes, Miles. (laughs) Yeah. He, no, he's going to re-listen to this. He's like, I like, I am, I like I am, what you're saying. I am going to re-listen, yeah. but it, I, the reason also I was taking notes is, you know, we've been real active down at University of Texas on the football team, and I love what Travis has shared with us. You know, they bring in speakers because our son plays for uh, UT. All right, they bring in speakers. <laughs> to throw that in. Yeah, I had to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the 5'7 dad that has a 6 Proud. Tall. He's so proud of his son. Okay, sorry. I derailed. Go no, ahead. That's all right. I mean, but it Actually, is, you derailed. It is kind of amazing that okay. I have a son that's 6 yes, feet tall know, when I'm 5'7. Yes, I'm still pe- kind of questioning you, Yes, darling. people question it yeah. all the time. I get that question all the time. Uh But the, the deal is I like what you're saying about, you know, team versus family. They, it, but still having some aspects of family. And what what UT does is 
they they go, hey, we're a big family. They bring us in. We had the barbecue a couple weeks ago. They had the we got to go to the scrimmage. But this is family. But then they separate really the team aspect, and then they break it down even into uh, smaller teams because he has his position coach and stuff like that. It's like with the more we can get into that team concept, right? Uh, because everybody's on that on the same page that it's healthier. Well, and I think when you're in the help industry, you want to, um, you know, you want to live out what you're trying to teach, you know, the people that are at Onsite or at CASA or whatever. And so you want your staff to live that out, too. And so you want to create, I mean, the tagline for CASA is welcome home. I mean, I know that people that go to Onsite feel like they're in a five-star resort that's taking such good care of them and, um, and care of their self you know care of their feelings not care of their you know material needs or anything but um and so family but but here's the deal is you know pause real quick is i had you know one of our our one of my good friends go up there and they they went to onsite just recently and he and he has he has done some work with me um in in this in this space and he goes it onsite you told me it it's a magical place i know behind the scenes they're going uh miles of staff's going okay we need to do this this and this but what he's what he's created he used the word he created this team that are everybody's on the same place yes and and so what i'm saying is that and this so I, would be good to translate to casa because i know you've tried to build a family and it is a family feel but what the end result i think and you all can agree or disagree or top off, but I think the end result is to build into your team so that they are better equipped to take care of their families. Yes, build into And allowing them to take care of their families. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But you have to well, build, that, yeah. Go ahead, Miles. I think one, I like where you're going, Shannon, and both of you, because I think one way that people get more equipped in being present for their families and taking care of the people around them is that they learn to take care of themselves. And that's one of the things that we can do with our teams uh, and with our clients. And you're right, both Onsite and CASA are branded uh, with our clients anyway, that it, we want to create and curate a home type environment, the healthy version of home. A lot of us didn't get healthy versions of home, right? but we want to create a home type environment because we're typically coming through an attachment lens. We know most of the people we work with have experienced trauma. And we want to, we want to mirror and replicate secure attachment so they can heal in that environment. But what we got to be careful of, and this is something we've worked on a lot is that we don't create an attachment to us so that, they become dependent on us for safety, emotional safety, because it's a setup when they go back out in the world uh, to where they think safety exists uh, externally. And we do that in the recovery circles. We tell people, oh, yeah, these are safe people. These are not safe people. And the truth is safety doesn't exist out there. It really exists in here and up there in yeah. a sense. And so I think if we can uh, – if so what I say to a lot of our guests when they finish up a program, I said, you know, the world – won't feel like this to you this safe bubble that you created this week but the idea is that you will begin to feel like this to the world and when someone can do that that's when they take the work and they integrate it versus externalize it and continue to seek external validation but i'm starting to get more confident as a as an as a leader and as someone who facilitates a service like ours i used to unconsciously want people to attach onto us to our brand 
to our process. You know, we've got this tagline tagline that's been around onsite for years. I'll trust the process. And everybody wants to know what's this elusive thing called the process. And I think we used to view the process as our model, our framework. And now we've shifted it. I was like, really, the process is not ours at all. It's you. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is just be a guide to bring you back home to trusting yourself so that you can walk back out into the world and be a better human being for it. And when you are, we believe you show up best at home. Yeah, and that's great. I, I love that. Well, and, and I would I, I wrote that down as well because, I mean, we say the same thing. It causes us trust the mm-hmm. process. We tell it to families a lot, too, too, because it's the moms or, you know, it's the families. Well, I mean, you say it to the clients, too, but a lot of times it spills over to the family system. In our family program and yeah. stuff like that is. And where what I, 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 as I wrote this down, is what I see is, I, I want people just to be honest with themselves and then others, you know, and if you're honest with yourself, that's, I see that is also trusting the process. You know, I'm struggling here or I'm, I'm not struggling or this, you know, this is my truth or, you know, what's the narrative that I'm, um, sometimes it's very hard to be honest with yourself when you're dealing with feelings because we know feelings aren't truth, right? A lot of times they aren't. So, um, well, but yeah, you, I mean, most of us don't have, a high emotional literacy to begin with. I mean, it's just not natural out in culture for us to walk around and identify what we're feeling, where we're feeling it, and where it is in our body. It's just not something we do typically outside of therapeutic circles. So we have to give ourselves some grace, I think, when we're in a world that's anti-emotional IQ and we're trying to curate it as a way to navigate our spiritual and emotional well-being. It's almost like you're pushing against the pace of culture and the hustle of culture in order to say, we're going to try to carve out time to do this a little differently. And what I've noticed in leadership is we can't, we can't promote or uh, mirror uh, a service that we're not practicing ourselves. And you said it earlier, everybody's got work to do. I, I don't look for clinicians. I mean, I've, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at curating clinical talent. And I, I look for letters. I look for people who've got a good experience. That's a big part of it. But I look for people who are transparent, who are authentic, and really willing to do their own work because I think that's the complete package. And if you have one without the other, I see some missing pieces. You can be effective, but I think we as a company, as a culture, have to be willing to admit our flaws. We have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to be a work in process in order to be effective as change agents. Agreed. And and I yeah. think that starts in you know what we were first talking about here, Miles, is, is leadership for us. If I'm not doing my work, you're not doing your work, our 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 culture won't won't be effective you know if if we're yeah. if we're not doing that stuff and having that night i think about it is you know my my buddies here you you know one of my you know best buddies we did we had a podcast with him you know gordo is like you know we're we're in an accountability group here but he also knows that i'm in accountability with you and other men in our industry we don't get together as much as gordo and i do you and I and and those other guys. But if we're not, you know, looking at what's going on with us and driving us, we're not going to be effective leaders. I'm not going to be an effective husband or father as well. Agree. And and it's, it's one of those things that it it get what, what our, what our brain unconsciously gives priority to is what we spend time on. And so it's not like if we got, if you and I got evaluated right now from Shannon and Vanessa about how we're doing with <laughs> yeah. work-life balance, 
<laughs> I mean, well, I don't want to speak for you. Yeah. But, uh, right. well, I would, I'd, still, I'd still fall short. I'd still fall underneath the mark of where I strive to be. But that's okay because we talk about it. It's a constant narrative in our relationship and in our marriage, and therefore it allows for grace. And I've learned that I don't know that balance, I think it's a little bit of a myth, true balance, that you can land on mm-hmm. this space. I think it's just we got to change our relationship, spend more time talking about it, engage the people that we love in this dialogue and the narrative, own our struggle, and I think we'll get closer to a better relationship of finding um, getting close to balance, but not landing on it perfectly. And okay. I think, wait, and that's what I was going to say too, because being, I mean, Vanessa's not here to speak <laughs> for her, herself, but, um, so I was going to say, what do you all think that we as partners of the person that's always receiving the, you know, crisis calls? Cause there are a lot of people, whether you're in a preacher, I mean, preachers get these kind of calls. I mean, whether you're in ministry or, Recovery. I mean, there are many professions, health professions that ha- that are married, you know, and the wives. I I had to figure out on my own over a 24 year period how to have my voice. And I still don't know that I fully have my voice because I'm never allowed. Or I feel like I'm never allowed to be in crisis, you know, because it's like I have to. I can't be in crisis because everybody else that Chico's dealing with is in crisis. And so, but I, you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, and, what but, can I, how can I have a voice with you two, with your personalities, with your, what would you receive from me? Like I did put the boundary down. Don't come in the house on the phone. <laughs> and, you know, and I do wonder because your job is so also 24 seven, like Miles mentioned, you know, getting the text or the call in the middle of the night, we get a lot of those, a lot of them. And, um, or but the, the other thing is I turn my phone off now. Yes, it, now it you goes, do. It goes, it is off. But I'm just wondering, so I'm coming from a point where um, I did have this thought. Okay, I'm going to throw you into the bus for just a second. Okay. Um, I, and you don't even know that I had this thought. But I had this thought the other day of, so if I'm a stay-at-home mom, supposedly, but I get a paycheck from CASA because I do work for CASA, and I do all, I manage our household as far as bill paying and all that kind of stuff. I'm in charge of that. There's a lot I'm in charge of. You know, where do the household duties fall? You know, where you want to split them 50-50, supposedly. But when you're so worn out, I mean, I, had, I just had this thought of, like, what exactly are you in charge of in the house? I couldn't really think of a lot. And I did make the comment, okay, you do know this, where this is going, too, because I did make the comment of, yeah, Chico's assistant called to ask me a question. And um, I said, yeah, that's why he got an assistant, so she can do stuff for him. And then, did we lose my mind? Oh, sorry. That's why he got an assistant. That's why he got a wife, so she could do stuff for him. And that's why he had kids, so they could do stuff for him. <laughs> Um, so I, am kind of tongue in cheek and I'm taking a hot second to get to my point, but I just, what can we as wives do to express our needs? Because Miles, you're right. It has to be a dialogue. If you, if you have somebody in this business, it has to be an open, honest dialogue where, you know. Yeah. Miles, you want to answer that? Cause I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I think I wish Vanessa was here because it'd be so fun to have us in this dialogue. Um, maybe we'll do a follow-up. Yeah, let's yeah. do a follow-up. I think sure. that would be great. 
I think she'd probably have some thoughts on mm-hmm. how this has played out for us. And we've had some conversations like this recently, uh, that same thing, in that it felt uh, inequitable in terms of what I was contributing in one area, and therefore we got this kind of quiet um, or undertone of resentment going towards me, and then I had it going towards her because I was coming home thinking, you have no idea what I did today to be right. able to no, right. Uh, right. keep all this afloat. And then and she was like, well, me, you know, me too. I, I did just as much, if not more than you did. And so we weren't really, we were missing each other. And yeah. what we're, we're back in, in therapy right now. And it's been really helpful because, and it's not that things were on fire. It's just that we weren't able on our own to carve out intentional time to practice some of what we talk about, which was, where's the margin to talk about this stuff? And it's, and I, and I, I intentionally sought out a therapist that uses a modality of therapy that I, I don't spend a lot of time in, you know, we're, we're primarily experiential people and this is a Mago. It's a very, uh, it's, it's, we all use Imago research in, in marriage work, but this is more of a, it's a practice. It's like a tactical, you just sit in front of each other with a third person and they help you navigate these conversations so that resentments end up turning into opportunities once they're on the table and we can figure out how to navigate. But what we've done with it is once we cleared it and really thought we were catching each other instead of missing each other is um, because what happened was I started in my absence of being able to contribute at home, I just thought, well, I'll fix that. I'll just work harder, earn more, and then hire people to fill in that gap. <laughs> right. And right. And I did that. I was like, okay, well, let's get a nanny. Let's get uh, this. Let's get that. Let's get our house, you know, house cleaning. And, and that's a, that's, it, it sounds ridiculous. It's a privileged position to be able to do something like that. But that was my first solution. It's just like, well, let's just, and doesn't that sound like a familiar past uh, yes. of how we counsel well, and, and that fix kid problems by buying more. Well, and, and that and didn't I, help. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think Miles, it's, it goes into what we do. We're in the in the helping fixing profession, you know. And I know that's what I struggle with. Is I get in there if there's something that needs to be done, I get in and try to fix it. You know, this morning before we came over here, I was trying to fix uh, your issues with the PTA. Well, I know. Instead I of just it. listening. You yeah, did. You it. did. You didn't. You didn't beat me up, though. You did. Uh, you didn't beat me up, though. Like sometimes you do. You know, yes. You're like, why are you doing this? I need you here for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, whoa, wait well, a minute. Well, that's good Pump that I breaks. didn't beat beat you up yes. this morning. Yeah. Yes. Well, you said you said it, and I guess that was a long way for me to get to where I was going, or hopefully going, Shannon. That what can we do um, to hopefully be more clear about our needs and what we're getting and not getting. And um, it's simply, I think it's more on, on uh, the other side of the partnership and it could be reverse. The gender is not the the deal here. I hope people hear that that are listening. You could be working full time. It just, that's just our two paths right now. But I think uh, there needs to be an empathetic ear and listening. And I've shifted because I am busy and my wife also, like you, she's doing some work too. We we recognize that this is a non, I grew up in a very traditional town with a very traditional family where the idea of a nanny wasn't even a profession. We didn't, I'd never even seen that in the town I grew up in. And so for me to do things that are different than what I saw was outside of our comfort zone. But now I'm realizing, and we're on the same page with, you know, if you go back to prehistoric days, it, they always took the community approach to raising a family and to raising kids. It was not parents. It was the community. Everybody pitched in and jumped in. 
we just unfortunately our culture has led us to a place where we fit in our environments and our houses literally to where you, you got this independent unit that's supposed to take care of all the needs minus a community and we're really pushing towards okay we need to look at this different we need to look at neither of us can take care of all the needs at home therefore we need to be supported by a healthy community not everybody can afford that to be a staff thing but everybody has church communities and home communities where it can be a community and group effort versus two people trying to solve a problem that when they're really busy to begin with that's helped us shift the perspective a little bit now that we're accepting communicating better and advocating for more help and it's taken the pressure off either of us to fill in all those gaps right i love what you said about uh, catching each other or missing each other because you know we've there's we've been missed we've missed you know I mean, and just because of busyness and everything else and it, and i always you know tell people that you know when chico and i are in a marital conflict um I like how you say that marital marital conflict. conflict. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that either of us, I don't think that either of us are ever in our minds, and I'm going to speak for you, and I hope you don't say, well, but I don't think either of us ever in our minds are thinking about separation or divorce or anything like that. Like it's, it's never, it's never, it's never at that point, but it's like you said, it's resentments. But, but we do get to those points. We've been missing lately. Yeah, and, we, and when we catching and, and when we've um, been missing lately, it's like I like that. You know, last night I was I was you know bugging you as you were getting undressed, ready for bed, and you go, I just don't want to be touched. No, 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 no. I said I want to be alone. You want to be alone? Yes. And I'm kind of and, and the deal is I'm I said, all I don't right want with a dog. that. I don't want a dog rubbing up against me. I don't want a kid rubbing up against me, and I don't want a husband rubbing up against me. Yeah. And I appreciate I that. Alone. Yes. And I go, okay. And I went downstairs yes, and and spent some time. But but the, you asked the question, what can we do? It's like, if we're at that place, sometimes I I really appreciate and value how you are direct with me. You know, and you let me know, you know, if you're struggling with with my personality, with me, you know, being over the top and stuff like that. But I like yeah. what... I like what Miles is saying is we do need that community and we do in a lot of ways have that community where people are also uh, helping us see uh, the truth. We've done the marital counseling and it was good when. <laughs> yeah, we need a re-up. <laughs> we do need to re-up. <laughs> <laughs> but but there. Well, and I, you know, I, ch- I, ch- I like changing that the word need to deserve because i think every yeah, marriage, we do. exactly no, nobody no, needs right. it you're everybody right. deserves it. Right. everybody deserves margin to talk about difficult things you're right you're right yes. well and, and having someone that that has uh really doesn't even have an agenda they can just help decipher you know and help kind of break down uh the different narratives going on well and when life gets in the way um it, it's nice to have someone help you map out I mean, years ago when we went, they said, you know, the, the therapist said, um, Shannon, what are 10, th- you, I want you to leave here and think of 10 things that Chico can do for you that will help your soul. That's the way he put it. Not help, you know. Fix the problem. Fix the problem or whatever, but or solve help this. your soul. And so I did. I went home and did my homework assignment, and it was things like, one Saturday a month, take the kids out of the house for at least six hours. 
Yeah, and, and that's when you know they were little. You have those little kids. Yeah, and, it's just give her that break. But that's when I wanted to be in the house by myself because you can't get stuff done in the house. And then there were times when I wanted to be out of the house by myself. And so I would, and then like take the kids to school <laughs> two days a week. And then I said provide dinner one night a week, just one night a week. Provide dinner, and so we had Jack's Burger House for, for about four years. Yeah, for yeah, a long time. Every Wednesday night. But, um, no, it's fine, but I just needed somebody to do that. But those are the kind of things you need to renegotiate. Yeah, and, and it, it's always that renegotiation. But, uh, once again, it's like what you're saying. is like if I am uh, – I like what Miles said. It, you know, there's churches. We all have different communities. But if I am really loving you well, you know, and you're speaking truth to me, we have that connection. You know, when we – don't uh do those things and push things under the rug we're 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 kind of these just kind of passing by each other and it's little things we'll get bugged by little and i do think that that type of thing might be gender specific as far as as a woman i'm not normally talking to people real direct i don't go up to my friends and go you really shouldn't wear that shirt it's really not flattering or whatever i mean we as women we're just not naturally as direct but to hear you say that you need me to be direct that's awesome i mean i'm down with that and then for a man a man needs to hear that he needs to love his wife better yeah <laughs> you know what i mean a- exactly I and, and here's kind of a- here's the crazy thing because that's one of my favorite passages in in scripture is you know when paul's talking about the relationship between husband and man is and if i'm husband do- and man i mean husband and wife <laughs> well, if i'm doing that that's that profound mystery and that profound mystery is my my boys will see a relationship with god if i'm loving you well right 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 so yeah, it's I like that and, and we it's it's interesting with us i was just thinking more about how um vanessa and i's dance and i we tend to get on a little bit of the, you know, Cartman's triangle where we're just bouncing back and forth between victim, perpetrator and rescuer. And I noticed that because I'm on the phone all day long with people in need, that when I get home and if my wife's needs feel, um, <laughs> how do I say it? If they feel like they're coming from a a needy victim place, then I I get triggered by that, and I get in a perpetrator place where I'm like, "Oh, here, here's one more thing that." Uh, Chico's taking more and, notes. <laughs> right, and it's not. Um, and what I'm learning is that that is my issue, not hers, because she gets to have those needs and she gets to be needy. I don't get the if I'm triggered by that and hope that she ch- so basically, anytime I have a thought or a feeling that my wife needs to change, that is evidence that I need to do my own work. <laughs> because <laughs> like I'm that. the one that needs mm-hmm. to be able to circle back and change. And I think one understanding, one of the things that makes guys like Chico and I really good at what we do is that we, we're kind of empaths. We've come from our own struggle and we have some shame in our story and we, we're sensitive and we need a lot of affirmation and we need to we're doing okay in life. And that shouldn't be yours uh, as spouses or partners to fix. Uh, but I'm just honest with Vanessa around that. I'm a words of affirmation guy. So sometimes I'm going to need you to pour into me and tell me what's right versus starting with what I'm missing. Right. She's, yeah. she's figured that out. So now she can say before she jumps into where I'm screwing up in the husband department, she, <laughs> she bookends it with, here's what I see 
that I'm proud of you for taking a look at. And here's what I, and then suddenly I'm open. My sensitivity kind of shies away. I don't lead with shame or hurt. I can get off the triangle wheel and just be my center and, 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 and lead well in that relationship and that conversation. That's good stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you like that because I I need that too. That's exactly, I, yes. I, I need those words of a, yes. affirmation as well. It's like, and, and it's not to boost my ego, and I don't think it's to boost Miles's ego. It's well, just no, it's love it, languages. It's you know, a love it's, language yeah. right there, and so it's it's hard. That's what I appreciate and value in my relationship with Miles is that he can say it, and he's not. It's not about boosting ego. Hey, you need to say, hey, you're doing a good job. Thank you. But it's it's really just about hey, that's that's where my tank gets filled. Yes. Is that fair to say, Miles? hundred percent. And that, and it's just like, you know, this is a perfect conversation. It's a, you know, if we're trying to tackle a topic of how do you be more present at home? How do you balance work life? How do you, you know, all the things that we're covering, this is really it. I mean, if you can hear us for listeners, we're all professionals in our space and we're in the messy middle. And that is the place where the magic happens is when you actually carve out time to be curious. I think if we're not curious about how we improve and we never lose that curiosity, if we ever get in a fixed position that I've accomplished this or I've checked this off my list, that's when it gets dangerous. So we need more time like this. It's like this conversation doesn't give me an answer that I like. I walk away. Here are the three steps. To <laughs> yeah. right. But I will tell you, I'm more motivated to go hug my wife right now because I just think about how I've neglected that some this week. And I want to go be present because we've just spent time talking about it. So that's the real inspiration and encouragement to everybody, including us, is that we just need to spend more time on this topic. And I think what we spend more time on, we're likely to execute. Well, right. and we, we need to get back together next time and, and set up a time with, with Vanessa, because I would love to kind of expand this topic, because it's it's weird. You you and I are similar in the sense that when we're with our, our friends and in, you know, in different kind of social environments, we we like to you know, at times to get to the heart and it's, it, I think it's, it's weird and awkward sometimes for our, our peers, you know, and how, you know, how do you navigate that is, is another topic that yeah, I was, another, I was thinking yeah. of, you know, and you yeah. don't need to respond to that, but yeah, that was just something <laughs> I was thinking of, you know, all right. Yeah. But I think this has been a great discussion. It's great. It's yeah. I want to walk away and think about how to give me a hug. <laughs> yes i'll give you a, yeah, I'll give you a well, big hug yeah, i want to hug chico yeah um ultimately i i think the courage for you guys to tackle some of these conversations together uh, you know in a public format is such a gift i mean and, and that's what i i hope we're encouraging and that's what uh you know I know, Chico, this has been a goal of mine and yours, and Shannon, it sounds like maybe you too, is that we just want to humanize the idea of vulnerability and connection. Yes, yes. You know, I think far too long we've boxed ourselves in to the, a well-intended uh, framework of anonymity when the truth is I think we've overcooked it. I think these conversations shouldn't be reserved for therapy offices. They should be in our living rooms. We need to be having more discussions like this to where we walk away and we inspire one another as a community to hopefully be better versions of ourselves. So we can show up better for the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're not so alone. The other thing is like, hey, we we don't do it perfect. We got 24 years of marriage. We we got our stuff and we we had yeah. our stuff even this week and stuff like that. But it, yet we're still fighting the fight. Um, well, good, Miles. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, thank you so much for your it, time and. 
wisdom. It, and we, we need to do this again and connect again, my friend. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was fun. All right. You take Thank care, you. my friend. I'll talk to you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.